Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. A reflection by the mother of womanism, Alice Walker. And this is entitled, Expect Nothing. Expect nothing. Live frugally on surprise. Become a stranger to need of pity. Or if compassion be freely given out, take only enough. Stop short of urge to plead, then purge away the need. Wish for nothing larger than your own small heart or greater than a star. Tame wild disappointment with caress unmoved and cold. Make of it a parka for your soul. Discover the reason why so tiny human midget exists at all, so scared unwise, but expect nothing. Live frugally on surprise. Thus ends the reading. I like the idea of making a parka for the soul. That's really nice. Yes. <laughs> so that reminds me of our episode for today, because today we have a guest, Asia Schmidt, who's talked to us about the concept of mental health and how important it is for us to preserve our mental health. And we specifically talked to her about the context of being black Christian women and how sometimes there's this idea that, uh, you know, maybe going to church or, you know, that we can pray it out or we can sing it out or we can praise it out instead of focusing not only on praise and worship and spirituality, but also on our mental health. And so, yeah, we really enjoyed our conversation with Asia, but I do have an adventure to share, Portia, from when we recorded this conversation with Asia. Portia and I are now bicoastal. And so in the spring, I think, right, Portia, we started communicating with Asia on mm-hmm. about and so Portia and I were like, okay, this is a great opportunity for us to try to record remotely and see what happens and make sure that this is something that we're going to be able to do when we're on different coasts. So Asia very graciously agreed to kind of be our guinea pig, for lack of a better term, while we figured out our remote, our remote recording situation. So Portia was recording, like, I think literally, like, from your car, like, on the side of the road or something. <laughs> And mm-hmm. was wherever she happened to be, which I think was in North Carolina, and I was in Connecticut, and I had a shift at the 224 Ecospace, which is where Portia and I used to record Just Two Pearls together when we first started the show. And um, so Monday afternoons, which is when we recorded, are like usually pretty quiet um, until the Zumba class comes in and all that, because since the 224 is run by ministers, for the most part, they get to take Monday as a day mostly to be off from their work there. So anyway, um, I was recording, and I really wasn't expecting anybody to come in until it was time for the Zimba class, which was not for a couple more hours. So I'm in this big building. For those of you who have never been to the 224 Ecospace, it's 30,000 square feet. It is kind of a refurbished arts building. There's a lot of, like, dance studios. There's a lot of open space. And it's located in Hartford, Connecticut. And it actually is really safe, but if you're in there by yourself, it's kind of like being in a church by yourself in the middle of the night. Like it just feels a little bit like creepy and scary and maybe like it's not safe. So anyway, so I was in there, it was four in the afternoon. And so we're recording with Asia. And all of a sudden, Portia, I hear like a door open on the other side of the building. Oh, no. And I also hear like 
you know, how, like, in those big buildings, the alarm will always go off, like, not in a way like an emergency, but it'll always, like, react to the fact that there's somebody else in the building. So the door opens, and I hear the alarm. And so we're recording, and I'm, like, trying to keep it professional, you all. You know, I, you guys know I'm professional. And so I pick up the phone, and I decide to go and, like, kind of try to obscure myself in a certain corner so that at least if someone came, they're not going to, like, see me sitting there. So I'm trying to, like, hide out. And then I'm trying to figure out, okay, like, do I hear footsteps? Like, I know I heard the door, and I know I heard the alarm. So what's going on? And so I became, like, Tiffany Haddish from Girls Trip in my head. You know how, like, she's, like, talking under her breath? Like, okay. So if this person comes over here, I'm going to, like, jump up. I'm going to mess them up. I'm going to punch them in the face. Like, this is not, like, not today. Not today. Like, you are not going to come up in here on me today. Like, not on today. <laughs> so I'm, like, preparing myself. Like, if anybody comes over here, like, they're going to be sorry. <laughs> and so then I'm like, okay, I don't think I heard any footsteps. So um, I came back and sat back at the desk again. And then next thing I know, it was very clear to me that someone had been in the building. Because we finished our call with Asia, and, like, the alarm goes off. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so I'm, like, running down the hall trying to get out of the building. I'm, like, outside. I think I was still on the phone with you, Portia. Um, and I kind of wanted to, like, finish the call, but I was also, like, okay, but, like, why is the alarm going off? Like, I need to figure this out. So as soon as we got off the call, I managed to, like, go back in the building and get the alarm to turn off. And, I, like, I guess there wasn't an emergency. Maybe someone just came from the neighborhood and, like, opened the door and then saw there was no one there and decided to leave. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so that was my experience recording this interview. I have not had any more interesting experiences like that since we've been recording remotely. So it was really good preparation for, like, the fact that anything can happen. We are not in an enclosed studio space. Anything can happen. <laughs> so that's my Anything can happen. Pearls, <laughs> adventures in pearls. <laughs> oh man, I remember that day. That was like, and I was like, "What is that?" And you're just like, "Oh my god, uh, I think I just set off the alarm, maybe." And I, that was so funny. And I mean, I was, you know, pulled over to the side of the road, like, "Oh." <laughs> Seems like you got something going on over there, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good story. I'm pretty sure we all set some alarms off um, at some point, you know. So it is all good in the neighborhood. But, you know, you get your girl trip mo- uh, moment on, and you'd be like, listen, not today, Satan, not today. Who's coming up in here around my way? I will knock you out. You better go ahead, Jamie. Shank them with a stiletto. (laughs) Poke the eye out with a heel. Mm -hmm. You better go ahead. I'm hollering. I'm small, but I'm scrappy, as is Portia. So don't come up on either one of us the wrong way. Anyway, I hope that you all um, enjoy the conversation with um, our new friend, Asia Schmidt. And it starts right now. Um, Pearl, today we are here with Ms. Asia Schmidt. Asia is a licensed clinical addiction specialist associate, certified journal therapist, and certified belief therapist that has worked in multiple community mental health settings. She developed a body image curriculum for female adolescents for Innovate Therapy and Consulting, and she recently published her first memoir, Cry, Exhale, Heal, 
A Journey to Inner Healing. She's previously published Our Family Journal from Generation to Generation, which is a family journal book for parents. She is a featured writer on relationships and religion for Diamond Diva magazine, and she's a highly sought-after speaker who addresses topics ranging from faith and women's empowerment to inner healing. She focuses on holistic health and ways to nourish the mind, body, and spirit to help individuals attain their full potential. So thank you so much, Asa, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here. And so, Asia. Your biography refers to your journey to inner healing. And Mm -hmm. if you could just help us and tell the pearls, what is inner healing and why is it needed? Well, inner healing is about addressing the issues and emotions that continue to resurface in our lives uh, due to um, not dealing with them through suppression, as well as learning how to live from a place of wholeness instead of simply managing symptoms. So what that looks like is asking yourself the question, am I nurturing every area of my life on a daily basis, or am I addressing my issues when I start having problems with my health? Typically, what I find, you know, um, in my life, uh, as well as when I'm working with other individuals, is that oftentimes a lot of we, we think that we have dealt with certain issues, but oftentimes we have suppressed those issues due to various reasons. Uh, some may be because we have been taught, you know, not to really uh, deal with our emotions or not talk about things. Other times we suppress them due to not due to not wanting to confront it because it may be uncomfortable to confront it. But the problem is, is that these issues or suppressed emotions continue to resurface in our life. And until we can get to that place of inner healing, dealing with what's on the inside of us, then we can begin to uh, live a better quality of life. That sounds great. So, Asia, your biography also refers to you as a certified police therapist. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us more about the connection between faith and mental health? Um, Yes. Typically, with... Oftentimes with Christians, uh, there is a fear of using secular principles to address mental health needs, and that comes from uh, many reasons, but two in particular. So the first one is lack of understanding what takes place in a therapy session, as well as uh, seeing using secular principles as a sign that they're not trusting God. So typically what I try to do is work with individuals as it relates to their beliefs uh, within their faith and their mental health and and try to help them understand how they overlap and even can be um, combined. Oftentimes the interventions that we use in both settings, Christian counseling as well as mental health, can overlap. So, for example, in secular counseling, we may use something such as cognitive behavioral therapy, which is dealing with your thoughts, how your thoughts uh, affect your behavior as well as your actions. Well, that same principle can be overlapped from a biblical standpoint as well because the Bible talks about uh, whatever things that are true, whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are noble, think on those things. It also talks about how as a man thinketh, so is he. So we may not, in Christian counseling, I may not call it, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, you know, the Bible still addresses our thought life and how our thoughts uh, affect our health. And so I try to help educate individuals as well as work with my clients on understanding that, you know, you can be a Christian and uh, receive therapy because your mental health is just as important as every other area of your life. Sometimes the difference is in therapy, um, therapy allows you to explore the barriers and the challenges that kind of get in the way um, 
of really dealing with some of those issues in your life. And so it kind of deals with more of getting to the root. There's more processing, more reflection versus kind of just being told to continue to, you know, uh, quote scriptures, <laughs> you know. Um, and, that, and that's great. You want to be able to, you know, quote scriptures and have different scriptures to help you throughout your walk and throughout your challenges. But uh-huh. you also, there's also times where you need to um, be able to be in a place where you can explore what's going on and what's, um, what's at work in your life and really getting to the root of the issue because once you deal with that root, then it begins to prevent you from tripping over the same issues over and over and over again. So it's not that oftentimes we have to tell individuals or Christians is that it's not um, – it's not that you don't have a, a, a lack of faith in God. You know, if anything, you're beginning to identify some of the things that you may have been taught in your childhood, some of the things that you may have experienced, and how those things are still affecting your life. And through processing, through reflection, through doing a lot of that internal work, that, that um, it provides that healing that you're looking for, in addition to using your faith and believing God to help you uh, work through those problems as well, you know. So I was thinking, too, like one of the things that I'm also hearing you say is that we need to, like, move beyond this place of, oh, God will just fix it, just pray it away, mm-hmm. just ask God yes. to get on your knees. And yes. people just lay hands on you and you can yes. just pray real hard to God. It will just all clear away. And it's just like you're right. like, I hear you saying it's, it's more than just that. It's God right. is also speaking through our therapist. God is also allowing us to use things like medication and cognitive mm-hmm. um, therapy to speak mm-hmm. and to heal us as well and that we shouldn't dismiss those practices because um, they're right. resources that are given by God and that we should that's maximize right. that and we shouldn't just be saying like okay um mm-hmm. i have this issue but god is god's my healer mm-hmm. so i'm gonna be fine like no that's like, right need to right also move forward and go get some help so i mean i i'm really interested like in how you're saying that so um if i'm hearing you correctly like you're you're expressing that and so i think that's also really really right. important Right. We call that what we call that spiritualizing your problems away. Where, you know, you're just using a lot of different, you know, uh, what we call spiritual quotes and different things to to um overlook uh or compensate for not really dealing with the internal work. Um and one of the other things that we also look at is understanding that addressing your health again, going back to what I was saying earlier, is about nurturing every area of your life on a daily basis. So we try to look at it from a, a holistic perspective, a more comprehensive perspective. Um because what ha- what can happen and what I've seen happen is that oftentimes even even in even within the body of Christ uh, we can begin to go into what I call, um, you know, compensate, having spiritual highs or emotional highs and allowing that to compensate for really addressing those issues. So what that looks like is, you know, oh, man, you know, I got my shout on in church or, you know, I, I, you know man, that word was great, you know, but there's, there, there's no practical application. And so, you know, you have that feel good, you get the goosebumps, you feel great and everything and nothing's wrong with that, you know, but mm-hmm. you also need to be able to apply practical application to what you're going through because, what what I've seen is you will find that a lot of individuals are still struggling with the same issue year after year after year. And so what I tell what I tell individuals is that if you're still struggling with this, you know, I I can assure you lack of prayer is not the problem. <laughs> you know, there's there's something that is going on that we need to take a further look at and through getting that clarity, going through the process, um, allowing uh, allowing the reflection to be incorporated, you can really begin to get to the root of the issue 
so that you're no longer tripping over the same thing and thinking that, okay, if I just pray it away or if I just, you know, uh, continue to, you know, quote the scripture 50 times, it's, it's going to go away. Uh, it also shows that, to, to me, we also call that uh, spiritual laziness as well because it's putting everything on God. You play a role in this as well. You know, you're responsible for mm-hmm. your well-being and, you know, your healing as well. And so God has provided you the resources to address that. And when I kind of get a lot of pushback, what I tell people is that, okay, when you get physically sick, you pray, but you also go to the doctor, right? Most of the time that answer is yes. Well, if you, if you were to get hurt, let's say you hurt your arm or you hurt your leg or something, you go and seek medical attention, right? Yes, you know, so you're praying, but you also uh, go and find the necessary support and resources to help you deal with that physical illness. Your mental, your mental health is no different. And so it's important to what we try to do is, is teach the importance of educating individuals on seeing, addressing their mental health and their emotional health uh, no differently than what they would their physical health. Right. Great. I have been well-known, Asia, not to go to the doctor. But, yes, I feel you, girl. <laughs> I got you. Um, but um, I think this is all great. We've talked a lot about uh, Christian folks and some of the stigma about Christian folks going to, mm-hmm. the, going to seek mental health counseling. Um, but mm-hmm. also I think one thing that should be pointed out um, is that all three of us talking right now, we are black women. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of stigma in black communities, I think especially mm-hmm. among black women, about us seeking mental health care. Um, mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit more about where you think that stigma comes from and what mm-hmm. we can do to combat that stigma? Um, it comes from a lot, of, a lot of different reasons, but I find three in particular. The first one is tradition, what we've been taught as it relates to what's being passed down to us, you know, so our environment, our upbringing. We, we tend to model, you know, what, what we've been shown and what's been taught to us. The second area is not wanting to appear weak. You know, I'm pretty sure that you have also heard the motto or have grown up with the motto, you know, the strong black woman. And so it, it comes, this stems from not wanting to receive um, seek out mental health in this particular area is dealing with this distorted perception of what strength is. Strength does not mean that you handle everything by yourself. Strength does not mean that you, you know, continue to suffer in silence at the expense of not wanting to appear weak. Weakness, it's also a distorted perception of weakness as well and not really understanding what that is. Just because you reach out for help, that does not mean that you are weak, you know. So, it's important that we begin to change the narrative on exactly what strength means and defining that uh, as well as weakness so that we aren't continuing to suffer in silence. I've, I spoke with many, many women, many black women, who find themselves suffering in silence as a result of that stigma, as a result of not wanting to feel like, you know, oh, I, this means that I can't handle my problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the third thing that I have seen um, happen within our community is not wanting to appear, for us as black women as Christians, not wanting to, pe- to appear as if we aren't trusting God by using other alternatives. And, again, that goes back to understanding that just because you seek out support outside of what may be uh, Christian resources, 
it doesn't mean that you're that you don't have any trust in God. You know, um, I grew up in, in a lot of in, in a setting where uh, I grew up strict Baptist, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, you know, in, in the setting where it was, you know, how how dare you need to talk to a therapist for what you're going through? God is going to take care of you know all your needs. You just need to pray about it, and if you seek out help outside of that, it was more of a you know you have a lack of faith. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You know, um, so. So again, those some of those teachings are embedded within us, and we have to begin reshaping uh, our beliefs about about mental health and and beginning to break down that stigma and realizing that there it doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you or that you have a lack of faith if you seek out help. It doesn't mean that you're weak if you seek out help, and you also have to begin to challenge a lot of the teachings that you were brought up with. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So. How can church and faith leaders partner with people to help them find inner healing? So, like, what can, like, we as faith leaders do, like, in partnership with therapists and actually, like, so that we can come together and help the people? Like, what can we all mm-hmm. do together? Because we're in this together. So, like, Right, exactly. Uh, the first piece would be education. You know, it would be great, and I'm, see, I'm starting to see this, and it would be great if we could see more of it where therapists are coming in to the churches and doing workshops or seminars and just talking about uh, what it means to struggle with a, a particular mental health challenge, you know, and what are the ways that therapists kind of go about helping you work through those things. So, But the first piece has to come with the pastor being able to uh, provide a level of comfort that, you know, he is okay with this because it doesn't matter if a therapist comes in or not. The congregants aren't really going to be receptive unless the pastor really kind of eases that in and, and, and begins to bridge that gap and saying, hey, even as a leader, I I am willing to show and support that there isn't anything wrong with this. So, again, having that dialogue so that you can begin to break down some of these misconceptions about uh, inner healing and about mental health and about the, the, the role of therapy. So education would be the first piece. Uh, the second piece is for pastors to also begin to incorporate Christian counseling, you know, for those individuals that may not, that, that still may be on the fence about mental health, Christian counseling is also just as effective, and it's, it's a combination of both the practical and the biblical. So uh, there is, you know, you can start there as well. And then I would say the third thing is really beginning to, um, from, from the pulpit on down, really beginning to open up about the challenges of what, we may struggle with on a daily basis and how we need each other for support, how the Word of God even talks about bearing one another's burdens. So, again, breaking down that this, this mindset or this wall of where everything is like, you know, I'm, I'm flawless. I don't have any problems. You know, everything's perfect in my life, you know. And because we kind of come in, we have our mask on, you know. Uh, we can come in, we may praise and worship, and everything's great and wonderful, and then we go home, and a lot, and a lot of individuals are suffering in silence. So it's about being able to provide a, a judgment-free zone, you know, um, and a place where, we're willing to be comfortable with transparency and vulnerability. Great. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Asia, um, about your work. And mm-hmm. I'm sure many of our listeners want to know how to connect with you. So how can they connect with you or get in touch with you? Hey, yes, they can go to my website at www.asiaschmidt.com. They can also follow me on Twitter at asiaschmidt7. 
as well as Instagram, Asia C. Schmidt, or Facebook, Asia Schmidt 3. Awesome. Thanks so much, Asia. We are so glad that you were able to join us today. Um, and thank you Pearl, for having me. Hope and pray that, thank, we're so glad. Pearl, we just <laughs> hope and pray that you would take Asia up and that you would look her up and follow her as well. So thank you so much to Asia Schmidt for being our guest on today's episode of Just Two Pearls. And you know, as usual, we have to conclude with a petty pearl. And so, y'all, today I want to say that it is petty when we don't take care of our health, mental, physical, and spiritual. So Asia told us a lot on this episode about how to take care of our mental health. And I think sometimes those of us who might consider ourselves to be mentally healthy, whatever that looks like, might not actually take the time to visit psychologists or to visit licensed health, mental health care providers to take care of what we need. And the same way that we should, if we can, go to a physical health provider, it's important to check in from time to time with a mental health provider, whether that's just um, once every couple of years or once a year. But it's really important to have that checkup and to also do things every day that contribute to your mental health and your mental well-being. The other piece of this is, of course, that we are more than just our mental health. We also do need to be spiritually and physically healthy as well. And physical health is about more than what we do, you know, eating well, trying to drink water, trying to exercise regularly. It is also about seeing physicians and seeing physicians that can really tend to your particular set of needs. Sometimes we know, because we all read the stories, um, about the ways that women are often treated by healthcare providers, about the way that people who don't conform to a gender or sexuality binary are treated when they go to uh, physicians, the ways that especially people of color, um, regardless of gender identity or sexual orientation, are sometimes mistreated by physicians. So find yourself a healthcare provider that's able to work for you. And sometimes that can be really hard work. Sometimes it can take you out of your way. But it's really important to get the things that we need because our physical health matters and God gave us these bodies and we have to be good stewards of them. And then in terms of our spiritual health, I know that all of us belong to different religious or spiritual traditions. Um, Portia and I both happen to be Baptists and enjoy going to Baptist churches. But it's really important to find yourself in spaces where you can be in communities of people who believe the way that you do. And so, of course, it's important to maintain spiritual health um, through private devotions or through prayer or meditation or whatever your tradition says that you ought to do. But it's also great to find yourself a community of like-minded people who um, spiritually are aligned with you. So those are humanist gatherings, Quaker gatherings, church gatherings, mosques, synagogues, all sorts of religious gatherings that we can go to to feel spiritually connected. And feeling spiritually connected and feeling physically healthy, those things do contribute to having great mental health. And so I'm just going to say, don't be petty. Take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just2Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.